said last time, Christine, we've got to smile at this point because we're going live to Facebook and we're going live to um, LinkedIn, if I can remember. So, Christine, let's do this properly. Christine, hello. Say hello to everyone. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello. Happy August. Uh, we have just gone live with women in food and farming with Christine Takeon and, and Catherine Jury, who's going to who's just had the shock of her life. Um, and she's going to turn off her video in a minute. She's going, <laughs> Christine, this is so so hilarious. When we, did. we were just talking in our green room with Christine about Christine potentially never wants to go back to uh, doing in-person meetings because these are so, so much fun. I'm sure we, uh, we, we will um, uh, properly. Christine, how are you, please? Very well, thank you. Just putting to context what we were talking about, that, that these, these talks that we do are getting between three and 6,000 views. So we get, you know, we get a few people, you know, we sort of sometimes get some more people on these Zoom calls, but actually huge numbers of people watch it afterwards. And that's what I was thinking. If we actually met up somewhere, you'd never get to that. I think the most I ever had in a room was 120. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's great to get so many interesting speakers and so many people able to listen to them. Yes, and as we said last time, all, all credit to you, you and your um, your, your team, Christine, because we've got some amazing speakers co coming up, let, let alone um, uh, Nina in, in, a, in a minute. Uh, but but uh, Christine, just to further endorse Women in Food and Farming, can you give a bit of a background to Women in Food and Farming, how you created this, uh, where, where we are today with it, where you're looking to take it in the future, please? Well, it, it started with a, a, a few senior people meeting on a farm and sort of being a bit shocked that they were all women and thinking, well, it was so unusual, we ought to do more to support women. And when we first started meeting, we, uh, we came along, we actually went to a lunch and we all brought two people who we knew nobody else would know. And the way to do that was to go young. So we all chose young people. And then from then onwards, we said, oh, let's meet up again. Let's make it an evening so we get some more time and everybody bring along somebody else. And by that sort of way, we very quickly got the numbers up quite quickly, and we just used to meet in London. And uh, then, obviously, when when all of the you know all of this happened, we you know you started your I call it your magazine program. We thought, well, maybe we could come and come and use you. And since November, we've been doing monthly monthly chats. Yeah. It's actually been no trouble at all finding speakers. And my team have asked people who I wouldn't have dreamt of asking if they'd come and speak. And you say, would you want to come and speak to a Women in Food and Farming Network? And you get an instant yes. And all yeah. you're thinking about is what data they can do. Yeah, but and, and I suppose one of the other benefits that we've got off this, it's, it's interesting how the dynamics of this is changing. That's a year ago, um, everyone was consuming our content, content the Beanstalk content on Zoom. Um, and now we see the numbers of people actually dialing in live has, has diminished. Um, but the uh, people watching on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on YouTube and on the podcast is, is huge. Hence these sort of figures that we're getting for your broadcast, Christine, of anywhere between yeah. three to six and a half thousand views yeah. and listens in, in a seven to ten, to, ten day period so it's a and, and i think i think that's i think that a lot of that is down to to to, to the speakers that we we've we've garnered i, I can't i can't remember all the speakers. i should it's very unprofessional here, but I, I should have a list of them uh, but the likes of um beverly dixon and and we will do this at some some point christine we will get the seminal moments of each of them and make them into a nice um two three four minute show show reel because there's some been, been some really powerful things that have come through yeah, I think we've had, we've had a mix of powerful, well-known speakers who are names and then people who've come and talk about things like presentation style yeah. or, or confidence or ambition and things, you know, just very interesting people who've researched things and understand things well. So some of it's about skill and some of it's about so that you might find this interesting. And, and what I find great is that, you know, with uh, I'm always promoting these talks to MDS, who are all of the, uh, the, the you know, the, the MDS trainees who are just starting out in the industry. And yes, yes, we've got the title of women in food and farming, but we tell people the topic and any, you know, so what, what gender you are, it's, it's, it's for you to listen to. Well, well done. So, so let's do an uh, offer of the self-congratulatory work that we've all done on women in food and farming. We'll, we'll get from strength to strength on this. Um, let's talk about what we're seeing. As I said in the green room, we did a broadcast this morning with um, with British British growers. Um, I'm just going to ask um, Kathleen. Kathleen, can you just turn off your video? It's great, it's great to have you on, but you're showing to the world at the moment. Kathleen is now desperately looking to see how she can turn off her video. So the starters are out. I, oh, she's gone. Um, so we were doing do this um, broadcast with uh, with uh, British growers and. 
that the, where we are at the beginning of August, we've still got this issue of a shortage of um, lorry drivers, a so shortage of um, of labour, um, and hence why we're seeing um, shortages in, in, the, in the supermarket. Christine, what, what are you seeing with your industry connections? Are you worried, or, or do you think this is just a, a short-term blip that we're all going to work through? Um, well, it's, it's a short-term blip because it has to be worked through, and it gets worked through because people offer better working conditions, better salaries, better respect for the, for the types of work that some of these people are doing. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I know times when people are getting fined because they've been held up in, um, in, in traffic jams on motorways where you know, they might have the air ambulance out and they're arriving late, yeah. late to the supermarket depot and getting fined and made to feel like they failed. And I think you should say, thank you very much. You know, and I just feel, I think some of the, we've taken too many people for granted. And so I think, yeah, I mean, already people are getting paid. And I must admit, I did think, well, just quite a nice job, you know, driving a lorry. <laughs> you've got your food and you've got your kettle and you've got yeah. your bed on top. And you don't have to listen to anybody. You can just listen to all your podcasts. You know, maybe they could... They can attract all of us to spend a day or two a month just driving lorries. I've, I've just had a, I've just had a text from uh, Tesco Recruitment because they're offering a thousand pound to lorry drivers on, on the basis they sign up. Uh, could we have Christine's direct number? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Christine's on the road. But, but, but I do want to also say that, uh, and I, I think I've said it before, but just said again that on on MDS on our graduate training applications, they are going through the roof, and the members are joining us. Keeps keep keep getting new members every week. It is a program, so people are coming into this industry, and but we're recruiting future leaders. So I'm not talking about the lorry drivers, but yeah. the, the health of the industry is great. And a lot of a lot of young people are seeing it as an industry with a future, an industry with security, and um, with a lot of uh, you know lots and lots of exciting things going on. Yeah, and, and that's where it, it's such a um, an oxymoron, isn't it? We got all, all of these issues in the short term, but the sector's potentially going to be in very robust health because people are moving more and more to, towards a healthy living diet. Um, there's the, um, I could still can't remember his name. There's the guy who's um, a big advocator of um, plant, uh, plant-based uh, um, uh, meat-free products. It was all over the BBC website yesterday. So if you've got the mainstream media trying to um, um, uh, pre present this in a, in, a, in a very professional, uh, excitable manner, you, you can see where this market's going to go. The consumer's going to go that way. So yes, yeah. No, I, I, I do. I, I do actually have a problem with ultra processed foods. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of very big branded organizations want to get behind designing an imitation burger and branding it and getting huge premiums. And I, I think, uh, you know, let's not get too excited about it. Let's get ex let's get more excited about just using raw, 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 raw products and cooking from scratch rather than. Yeah people towards meat substitutes absolutely just to qualify that that particular individual it's, it's a bit unprofessional i can't remember his name but he is advocating proper plant-based foods not highly processed Brilliant. um foods which um yes unfortunately there, there's a, a bit of a clamor to 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 that and yes the amount of energy co2 that goes into those highly processed um plant-based mm -hmm. foods is no it's just it's, it's it's ridiculous in, I remember, in that respect. I remember being blown away by a celeriac steak in a wild mushroom sauce when I went to a restaurant. I did a veganuary and thought, wow, some of wow. these are really exciting. Yeah, wow. And, and what about um, fresh produce um, internationally? Have you got any contacts? Do you, do you think, um, Christina, could talk to us about, I don't know, amazing fruit? Got, got, anyone, got anyone in your bag? Are you talking about Nina? Waiting <laughs> We ought to let her in. You know, she should be on stage, not. Nina, come on in. Where's our Nina? Okay, is she here? She, oh, no, she's there. Hey! Uh, so, so, so hold on, Nina, let's just qualify this. If I'm in Bury St Edmunds and Christine's in, apparently in Edinburgh on her, on her UK tour, she's like Billy Connolly. She just keeps on jumping from place to place. Nina, where are you today? Because I don't think you're in Bognor Regis. Where are you, please? No, I'm in Sangli, Maharashtra, India. So wow. basically this is, um, you know, it's actually, if it wasn't evening now, 10 p.m., this is what, the background is what you would see outside. So that's where I am. Fantastic. And, and actually for a first time, Christine, I, I normally say to you, how do you know our speaker? And you say, oh, we went to school or we met at a dinner party or we met at a conference. Well, how do you know, how do you know Nina, Christine? 
Well, this this is rather gobby man that runs a magazine program that suggested she'd be a good speaker. <laughs> <laughs> How do I follow that one up? A gob, gob and a mic. Yeah. There we go. I found, found my... And, and just to qualify that, because we do have to say, Nina, we do have to say a big thank you to a, another amazing group that we, we looked at to help, Global Women Fresh. So as well as Christine and, and her group of uh, Women Food and Farming, have a look at Global Women Fresh, have uh, dialed them up. They're, they're an amazing group that are looking to get more and more women involved in fresh produce internationally from the field to uh, to to the board level. And I got introduced to Nina, I can't remember Nina, six, six nine months ago. We've done a number of hysterical, but really enlightening broadcasts um, about um, Indian fresh produce and how Nina's business and, and what she does is so different, which we'll, we'll, um, we'll come on, on to in, in, um, in, in a minute. Um, Christine, are you okay if we just go for this? So if Nina and I have our, our 20, 25 minute chat, then we'll go into the breakout rooms and see how that goes. And, and uh, Chris, Christine, well done. I was going to say, I was going to say, Christine, can you turn off your audio as well? Because we can hear East Enders in the background. Because we know your hubby's love of, uh, of East Enders. Oh, better not say that. <laughs> so, so Nina, come on, tell us a little bit, a bit more, more about um, about you and Fresh Express India, please. Who is Nina Patel? Who are Fresh Express India? Go for it. Okay, thank you so much, Max and Christine and uh, Global Woman Fresh and Women in Food and Farming for having me here. Uh, so basically, we are grower exporters from India of fresh Indian fresh produce. Uh, we started off with uh, basically it was a intergenerational vineyard, and we have we started with grape exports now since the last twenty seven years, and we've recently uh, diversified into raisins, natural sun dried wow. raisins. And also, I'm very excited today to share a, well, a range of wellness, fresh, uh, wellness produce. So it's basically little Indian herbs. And, you know, as for Ayurveda, they're really uh, good. So we have, I don't know whether you can see it. So supposing it's like lemongrass. Lemongrass, brilliant. And you have something called Moringa. And I don't know whether you can see it yep. there, but uh, yeah. Brilliant. So it's. Yeah, so it's basically these herbs that we grow uh, on our farm, which are filled with like antioxidants and nutrients. So instead of popping pills, you have these herbal powders. And this is how we also do natural farming. What is different is that we try to reduce the chemicals and pesticides. Grape, as you know, is one of the you know, fruits, unfortunately, which conventionally has been grown with a lot of chemical pesticides. So this is where we've tried to do it differently with natural farming by using uh, you know, a mixture of herbal and biological origin of uh, pesticides, which we prepare on the farm itself. And uh, so that's, you know, that's the, whole, the whole farm and all the produce is based on natural farming. Okay, now, because you and I have done this conversation before, um, I, I, I just want everyone to know and to understand even more so that it's not just that you're, you're farming that is, is different because you're, you're not farming on a, on a conventional basis. You, you call it on a regenerative basis to use the buzz term within the UK and, uh, and Europe. Um, you're also you're farming on an organic basis. But tell us about your people, about how, because this is how you and I first got, got together because we, we were talking about, unfortunately, this, this the subject of domestic violence and how you've looked to empower i'm stealing your words but power your team teams um, and your outgrowers to, to actually be make a difference and be, and, and be financially independent tell us all about how how you set that up and how you run it and how they now run themselves please oh that's my favorite story max thank you so it's basically these farms where we grew up where we started our family farms was a totally drought prone area where nothing i mean initially it was believed that we couldn't what you what you see in my background basically it was a totally drought prone area where people believed nothing could be grown so most of the households were actually women households because the men had moved from the rural areas to the urban areas looking for work so this is where we had started and we really didn't have a choice but to go in for kind of regenerative and natural farming and that's how we improved first the entire substrata, the soil, and then started farming. And this is where the women, so 95% of our workforce today 
be it in the farms or in the pack houses, are women, because that's how it all started. The story started from there. And these are the women who came and joined us. And what makes me really happy is that uh, it kind of spurred a green revolution in that area because they, as I told you, there was nothing growing. And not only do we have now Fresh Express farms, but we have mini farms uh, all over the area. They, they have their own, each of these ladies have started their own farms. Wow. So where they naturally farm. And most of this produce, which I have shared, which I was showing you, which is uh, moringa powder or lemongrass and things like that, which we can very simply add to our daily food. Instead of popping pills, we just add a spoon of it in our smoothies or soups or shakes, is, has been grown on their farms. So I thought that because everyone, so a few of them even have vineyards, but it's not possible that everyone doesn't have that big an area to have a vineyard. So she has a little kitchen garden where she grows these herbs. And this is what we have tried to promote, uh, which are being grown by the ladies. And that's what we want to promote because I think uh, we've started in the domestic market, but I think it's great for even the international market, yeah. for UK and for everyone because I mean, it's a no-brainer to, you know, have uh, some of these uh, lovely nutraceuticals then rather than have pills. Absolutely. And this is one reason why we're really keen to, to promote you, Nina and Rowan and, and uh, uh, Fresh Express, because uh, rather than just being a monosyllabic, uh, faceless uh, fresh produce company, you, you've got a heart um, and because of the work that you do whether it be um, the, the, the the nature of how you grow your your amazing fresh produce or and the way that you treat your staff and they're not really staff they're, they're, they're colleagues they're friends they're, they're, they're uh, yes. family and, and yes. but I, bet, I suppose the bit I struggle with and we can talk about it when we get into the breakout room so with Christine later is is that magic dust as, as to how we can get um, a UK retailer or a European retailer or a North American retailer to see actually there's something really different and exciting about the likes of Nina Fresh Express and that's why we need to uh, buy your, your, your product because um, if our consumers enjoy your product by inference through the supply chain, um, those pennies uh, are going to come through and it's going to do even more good um, and there's going to be even more sustainability and there's going to be more good done, done, done with yourself and that's, so that's one of the reasons why we're hoping that by promoting you, you can get this um, tsunami of, um, of goodwill uh, coming towards you so that we, we do get um, uh, retailers not knocking on your door. Would, it, would that be your dream as well, Nina? Absolutely, Max, because it's going to make so much of a difference. So what we have tried to do is, you know, we've put pictures. I'm so sorry. Uh, just... We've put pictures of ah, okay. the farmer. Yeah? yeah. So yeah. Got, it. got it. Got it. Got it. Got I'm it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. So, so it, yeah. basically, it's the women farmers who are, um, you know, so each of these products, whichever woman farmer has grown it, we've tried to put her name and her label and her story behind each product yep. you know so that she feels good and it's also because it's all her credit yeah. so it's a very interesting so that's how you personalize the you know how that's how you get your story out to the consumer it's not just something that's um, uh, you know it's not just one company it's yeah. it's 700 families that okay. you know we are really yeah sorry max There's 700 families and this, this is a really good point to play play the video we, we were having uh, uh, lots of fun in our green room earlier because uh, uh, apparently uh, nina thinks that we've had the wrong video but the video that we sent over i, I think is so pos positively emotional and um, so we're going to have a go at, uh, at playing it and i always have no success doing screen share so um, nina just just to fill the gap whilst i get this sorted out did, like yeah. in the uk in the uk we have field names uh, for our fields do, do you have field names for your fields Oh, field names for my fields. Yes, I do. I do. Talk, I talk, talk us about uh, talk, talk to us about those field names. Once I get this set up, and when I get the video running, um, I'll ask I'll, I'll see to turn your video. Off. But tell us now. Go on. Okay, so we have. Oh, it's like, and especially in the local um, languages, uh, some of them have you know names just that you know the size of it. So you have like one and a half acres, or three acres, or four acres, but some maybe by the you know, the plants that you grow around it. So it could be moringa, it could be lemongrass, it could be, you know, so that plot. So we name it by the kind of plants which border the vineyard or by the size. Fantastic, Nina, well, well done. Right, if you turn off your video and your audio, 
and we'll go live with your video. Da, 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 da. My journey from tea hills to grapevines of India has been beautiful and challenging. I'm happy to be living my dream of working towards women empowerment for I believe that a community is only as strong as its women are. We are proud to support over 95% women workforce and a group of 45 women farmers. The ultimate goal is to encourage, educate and empower women towards financial independence so that they can independently manage their own funds, run their household and blossom into self-driven entrepreneurs. Women have adopted and actively practiced natural farming. Biological brewing. Sakhi initiative, meaning friend in the local language, teaches women self-empowerment skills, financial training workshops on leadership and negotiation. Productive women not only strengthen and inspire society, but also future generations. Global Women's Forum is an amazing platform to be inspired by the journeys of women in fresh produce. I draw strength from them to say, yes, it's okay to rock the boat. So Nina, come back on in. So, so Nina, I know, I know that was the, the wrong video, but when I, um, um, in, the, in the context of the one that you wanted to send over, um, but I, I just, even if it's so short, it, it's so, it's great to see you, but to actually see you in action, so to speak, with uh, with, with some of your growers, I, I, I think it's fascinating. Oh, uh, yes, Max, I mean, it's, I don't think there can be anything more fulfilling than, uh, you know, when, what what takes me to work and what brings me to work every single day is, basically knowing that you can make a difference to so many families and especially women. Yeah. Because uh, as I said, I think I strongly believe that a nation can only be as strong as its women are. Wow. And, um, and it is them who are doing all the work. So why not? You know, it's just the only difference is that, you know, they just need that platform and that uh, just to give them that boost and push. Yeah. And uh, they're up there. Yeah, excellent. I've just had a WhatsApp message asking um, if, if you can just go into a bit more detail about about the way that you grow, um, especially on, on the on the back of the, the, the plant husbandry. And you've talked about I'm going to get the wrong words, uh, the concentrate uh, that that, um, that that you're growing with. Can you just just give us a bit more detail? As to, let's say another way around. If you had a, um, a fresh grower come to you, what, what skills would you look to impart to them so that they can grow as successfully as your other growers, please? Yeah, I think the first thing I would tell him to basically unlearn everything that he already knows. Wow. It's because it's because as especially in the field of grapes uh, and raisins, um, basically I'll, I'll tell you the difference with both is because um, what we try and do is these plants that which are grown that are grown in our farm and which are indigenous. So I'll give you some examples like neem, eucalyptus, and uh, moringa and things like that. So these are basically drumsticks. I don't know what, uh, uh, you know, whether how it would be known in the UK, but basically instead of what we do, we make a paste of this. And instead of say spraying a pesticide, you would spray the neem paste, you would make a paste and you'd spray, spray the neem spray. So which reduces, uh, which kills the, in whatever the pests very effectively. And also what happens is that the fruit is much better tasting because less chemicals wow. and it's got a fantastic shelf life. And you can, you can taste the difference really? for sure. Yes. And also because in uh, raisins, what's what we do is these are natural sun-dried raisins. Normally what happens is in raisins, you sulfur bleach them and that's where they get the golden color. But we do it with, uh, we just have the brown and the black ones because we refuse to use excess chemicals. And it's like eating a fruit. You know, you're not, you're, it's not like really eating a raisin. It's like eating a fruit. Uh, so that's the difference. But also, I don't know whether I answered your question correctly, whether, whether you asked me just about natural farming or also the other powders that I was talking about that, you know, the nutraceuticals or was it just the natural farming? No, no, keep, keep going. You, you, you tell us, so we, we want to learn from you. 
thank you. Uh, the basically is, uh, you know, like for example, when I said Moringa, okay? So this is a powder which is actually used for natural farming in grape. Uh, it, it's, for example, with Moringa, it is used to fix nitrogen in the soil. So instead of putting chemical nitrogen, I would grow these trees in between the vines out there. Unfortunately, you can't see it in the picture behind, but these trees are grown like, you know, inter, intercropping. So this would do the job of fixing uh, nitrogen in the soil. And at the same time, I said, why not when we discovered that, you know, this is so good as uh, antioxidant and it has these, um, you know, nutrients, we said, why not use the leaves? Because these are grown organically. These are used absolutely naturally farmed. So you can have this as, you know, for your soups and pastes and smoothies and things like that. Wow. So this is what, so there are a whole range, even like something like ginger powder. Um, this ginger is grown organically. And uh, this is also very useful. Uh, when we make our paste for the, for the grapes, we also use things like ginger and uh, curry leaves and things like that. So it's not curry powder, which yep. you, you make curry chicken, but then it's curry leaves, which is used in traditional Indian cuisine, but it's also very useful for uh, spraying on grapes. So these are different examples. So there are different ways of doing natural farming. Like you can just do it with intercropping or you make a paste and spray this on the plant. So there is, again, uh, you know, live mulching, like, you know, green mulch. So yep. you, when you come to a natural farm, you would actually find it uh, a little untidy, not like the conventional, very neat farms. Mm -hmm. I mean, even behind me, it's not like a conventional, because we use a lot of live mulch. Yep. So yep. you would have, uh, you know, like, uh, we'd, be, we'd purposely grow this, something that which helps you know, keep the soil and it helps with water management. So you need yep. less uh, water also. So these are the things that you do and you can see it actually in the picture behind. Uh, we, we've used a lot of mulch, which so, actually uh, grows. Yeah. So, so Nida, quick question then from Jerry from Mozambique of all, all places. Um, fascinating. Can you ask Nina, uh, ROI, return of investment, um, is it, are, are they, without giving numbers away, are they making money uh, going down this farming method in comparison to conventional, does does it work on an economic basis? What's your thoughts, Absolutely. please? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have no hesitation in saying that, Jerry, because what has happened is that, you know, normal the normal belief is that even products which are naturally farmed would be more expensive. Or, um, you know, so like I, I, I refrain from using the word organic and I like to say naturally farmed. Yep. But is yep. that it's definitely it doesn't have to be more expensive. If you want numbers, our chemical sprays are down by 33 percent. 33 percent. Yes. So do oh. the math, you know, okay. when you have. And again, another very important fact is when you're doing or when, uh, you know, we briefly I just briefly mentioned in the video about biological brewing. That's something very interesting and especially for small. And the main idea is to make farming. Uh, economically viable for small farmers. You know that the average farmer in India is has an area of not more than, you know, like five hectares would be a medium-sized farm, okay? So uh, this is five hectares when I say that. So that they're small farmers. So to make farming economically viable, for example, biological brewing, you know, biologicals that you find in the store are very expensive. So you yeah. have a liter bottle, which is, in the local currency would be like 4,000 to 5,000 rupees. Wow. Okay. Yep. And how is that going to be feasible for the small farmer? So through biological brewing, you would use one of those bottles and you would make, you know, like how you have a starter for a yogurt, right? Yeah. So you would use it like a starter and you can, you can with EM and some other things that you just put in and you can have from one liter, I can make like 500 to a thousand liters. So I can, so it becomes so much more feasible for me to spray it on my entire farm. Does wow. it make sense? Yeah. It, totally. So the, the reduction of your conventional sprays uh, by 33%, um, is, have you reached the ceiling there? Or, or do you think you will be able to uh, further, uh, get, get, get further advancement in your growing techniques and, and reduce your, your spray use even further? 
I, I definitely am positive that we can do even better. Yeah, because okay. yes, it takes patience. I'm not saying it's a magic wand, which is going to, you know, uh, that it just happens. It took us a couple of, it took us a few years for this whole conversion to happen. And it takes a lot of patience. There are, and there is no magic formula because there is always in farming, you know, that's always a roller coaster. Yeah. So it, it uh, like there are years which are great. Then there are years which are not yeah. so great. Like any farmer knows that. But yep. I think the main thing is that if you are clear in your mind, this is my goal, and you be, yeah. uh, you know, consistent on that path, yeah. is uh, it's a no-brainer. It's definitely the way to go ahead. And, and yes. Nina, just another question from from Jerry: uh, do, Does the does your product fit? Uh, does your end produce uh, fit all the global gap and associated uh, trading standards, technical standards on a, on an international basis? Absolutely, because we do hundred percent export. Right. Okay. Well, so um, it is like it's especially the grapes. Yeah. So the special the grapes is all exported. So we have to comply with global gap standards and the sizes. But yeah. uh, I would really say it's very it's advisable, especially in uh, grapes. It's not that just the size. I think what is more important is taste and shelf life. Yes. So you want an average size, but you want your customer coming back for more. So yeah. you have a huge, big, insipid grape. I think you're not going to have your customer coming back. So yeah. I think it's very important that uh, it's not all about size, but yeah. you have to be that it should be a consistent product. And yeah. I think the most important thing is taste, because, you know, there's a lot of talk about varieties and, um, you know, the new things that are coming in and all that. But I think it's just at the end of the day, the farm, the customer wants a good tasting white white grape, a yeah. black grape, and a red grape. He doesn't yeah. really he or she doesn't really care for the name. If she likes the taste, yeah. okay, she's gonna keep coming back for it. Yeah. So I and, think and, that's very and, and Nina, just just endorse that if if the consumer could be made aware of of the method that you're growing of of the uh, uh, on a sustainability basis of, of, and how you're treating all of your colleagues uh, that that are that are with you as well. That's gonna even sell more. Um, I I did a. Um, a recent interview with a, a chap in the UK called Richard Diplock, um, who's the MD of um, a, a very big uh, tomato uh, greenhouse um, operation business in the, in the UK. And I was saying to him on the broadcast about why, why haven't you created a brand? And his view is very similar to yours. Max, if we can get kids to taste our tomatoes, they'll never go back. They're the most tastiest tomatoes in the UK. Wow. And it's, it's exactly the same with your, with, with your, with your grapes. So a couple, couple of other uh, questions um, too. Um, and Antonia, Antonia um, has just asked, where do you source your planting material? Oh, well, these are all India. Like right now, it's the, it's the Thompson seedless, which is widely prevalent in India. But we are planning to work with uh, South Africa and some other international um, varieties. But right now, it's, what is, it's Thompson seedless, which is widely yeah. available in India. And also... Um, we're also working on promoting the indigenous Indian varieties, which have taken a sadly a backseat, you know, with all the international varieties that have come in because they're sweet, they're, they're long, or they're slightly a different shape, but they're crunchy and they're sweet. And I think that's what matters to the customers. So I'm really doing, we are do, we've been working hard on actually promoting the indigenous Indian varieties too. Okay, and, and just yeah. on that planting side, there's so much ongoing research within the likes of grapes and and, uh, and citrus. Presumably, if you were um, positive about it, you you would be open to testing new varieties that uh, had natural um, ability to counter uh, pest diseases. That in, com in combination with your growing methods, you, you get a double double whammy. You get a double win. W would you look at um, new varieties on that basis? Yeah, absolutely, Max. I would. I would. And I would also, but also it should be uh, economically feasible and viable for yeah. me and my all the small farmers along with us. But yes, definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah, that would be that would be great. Yes. And, and, and Christine's uh, just just asking: Is this, is the wisdom that that you have of the growing techniques? Is this is this new to you and to your area and to India, or, or is this old wisdom? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. Actually, it is actually traditional. Uh, you know, that these are traditional growing practices which have taken a backseat, you know? So natural farming. And uh, we also, there's something called Arveda and farming. 
This is very interesting because what Ayurveda, which is an alternate science in India, believes that every human being has got, uh, you know, the innate capability. We have power centers in our body, which, uh, which basically help us to build up immunity. So the whole thing about natural farming also is that you're building up the immunity of plants. And another important, another very interesting thing is that why women feel very comfortable with natural farming, uh, there are places like where we use, like, you know, similar to what we do in cooking. So there are places with ginger, garlic, and chilies that we use uh, for spraying our uh, grapes, which is also very yes, effective, uh, uh, you know, natural farming spray. So these things are uh, garlic. I, yeah, I said that, sorry. So, so these are things which also, which, you know, in, they take so naturally to, it takes me a long time to explain, I'm sorry, but explain to the men that this is going to work. But, yeah. you know, the woman, it just like kind of naturally absorb it and say, yeah, this is definitely going to work. Yeah. It makes my food good, so it's got to make the grapes good. So, and, and, something just, like that. And, and, and Nina, just bizarrely, just behind this wall is our next door neighbours on the on the farm business park that we're on, and it's a business called Eco Spray, and they've been going for twenty years, and and they uh, they uh, produce um, the. Their, their chemical offering via garlic, garlic extract. I'll, I'll send you the website to have a look at because they're just they're, they're they're booming in the last year because they're getting registrations in the lights of Asia, um, South Africa, and, and America wow. as people are trying to move away from um, large scale chemical products. That's I think we're coming to awakening now using the buzzy term within the UK of regenerative agriculture. If there's if there's a natural way of, of doing it, and going back to um, to Jerry's question, and there is an ROI, return of investment on it, and it's it's doing good for the soil and the consumer and the, and the and the retailer likes it what what a, what a great way to go all around absolutely absolutely and uh, yeah that's what i was that, that's what you know i was just saying like you know like you said about uh ginger so they all these products help in natural farming like uh, sorry you were talking about garlic but this is like ginger and all these products which are also used for natural farming yeah. and uh, they're good not only are they good for the plants uh, they're good for us also humans yeah. yeah so and that's the whole logic you know yeah. so building up the immunity of naturally yeah. of plants and humans yeah yes. but it co co comes um uh back to what we yes it's just like how to pen penicillin coming back it's a bit bit of a, a layman's example but there, there's so much good that could be done we don't need to swamp up our, our, our plants up our, our fresh produce products with, the, with with chemicals when there's a an actual alternative um, it's I, I'm, I'm laughing because uh, christine just sent a, a question in it's 10 past six this end i, I don't think uh, her husband has presented her her normal gin and tonic because she asked the question <laughs> do, do you make wine as well nina Unfortunately, no, Christine. I saw that question. I've been waiting to answer it. No, but then you know, I'd love you to. You know what we we we've got we've got a very interesting product which is called which is raisin paste, and you know we have a whole range with raisins. So it's actually makes a delicious jam. I don't know whether I can tempt you with that. Fantastic. But no, unfortunately, not why. But we also another interesting product that we grow on our farm is millets. You know gluten-free flowers okay. so we have uh you know uh, maize flour which is again this is the yellow maize it's not corn flour this is maize flour uh, but i guess that's also grown widely yeah. in the uk but then millets is what's very interesting and been considered a superfood all yeah. these which we are like basically talking about is uh, you know the moringa the lemongrass and curry leaves these are all basically superfoods which are uh great for as yeah. I said, for humans and for plants. Yeah. So, so Nina, you, you're giving us a masterclass on on, on growing in, in, a, in a unique manner. And I love what you say that you have to uh, forget everything that you've learned and, uh, and and start again because your your way is the is the right way. Um, I've just had a question in from some someone that's uh, keen to be anonymous and knowing them well. They're, they're a big um, um, uh, connector between fresh produce companies and growers they would love to have a bit more of an understanding as to how you educate your growers and especially new growers 
because presumably uh, they're, they're, you're having to drive um, societal change in some respects uh, because there's the hierarchy system in, in India that, that, that the man is the, is the head of the household and you've got the, the, the ladies now in some respects taking control and being a grower and, and earning money and perhaps more money than, than, than the men. When, when you have a new grower or, or when you first were looking to get uh, your outgrowers involved, um, how did you go about that? Was it a fairly easy process to go through or, or did, you, did, you, did you have to fight hard to, to, get, to, to, to gain credibility? Yeah, absolutely. No, it was definitely not an easy part. But what really helps being grow ex being growers ourselves. So whatever we tell our farmers to do is actually first done on our farm. We invite uh, them okay. to see because they say that you know they know that you know we wouldn't be stupid enough like unless it works. So we have quite a few trials. We do a couple of seasons and then we kind of you know ask our farmers to come over, see it for themselves, and then do it. And also, we also doing making these biologicals on a commercial scale on the farm itself. So we distribute it to our uh, farmers and ask them that you know you can pay for it if you if it works for you. So that because it takes a long time, as you said, uh, the conversion is not easy. It takes it takes some time, and I'm and it's uh, it's not even that that hundred percent of the farmers have adopted natural farming. It did not. Okay. They, it is that's not the situation right now and yeah. it's uh, it, it takes time it's a gradual process yeah. and but once they see that you know once they have the proof of the pudding basically they see it and uh, they experience it and then they use the biologicals and we take you know we, we kind of have um, yeah, we ha we can we've mapped out with drones and geosatellites wow. all the farms so we can tell them the progress with drone monitoring. We can tell them the progress themselves. You know, we get back to them on this is at that point in that corner in your farm, you have a problem and this is wow. what you can use. Okay. So we try to give them all the assistance and make the, you know, make the conversion as easy as possible. Okay. It's, it's, well, it's hard. Well, well done. And, and women, women in agriculture. I was, I was talking to a contact this morning from Senegal. Um, and they were saying how the, the the women that they bring into their business are are far better, are, are far better tractor drivers, are, are far better uh, growers, and far better um, in the in the pack house. There's no disrespect to men um, at, at all, because I I, <laughs> I I can um, adhere to this. That, so um, that they are are, are better in. in in detail um, have you found this as, as as well but also has that created that that conflict within their own household that you, you got the the husband and the wife and now the, the wife has got a more senior role within that household has that been a an issue has that been a situation oh well that's no surprise because 95 percent of our workforce as i've already told you are women but uh yes no actually it's been great because the women have been the ones earning so uh, when I told you that, you know, that it was all women households, now the men have come back to the, you know, to the villages and are helping their wives because at the end of the day, it's about who earns, you know, what wow. and who earns more. So yeah. they are helping the women um, in the farms, like in their own little kitchen gardens or their own uh, farms, uh, okay. you know, grow the produce. And, but this is where uh, financial literacy is very important. Because I started realizing it's not just enough to empower the woman with, you know, growing practices and uh, natural farming, but also that how she should manage the money, that the income that comes from it. Wow. So, and that she feels it because, you know, it's naturally, it's easier and, uh, you know, she'd always, you know, the money would go to the men and he would just do the collections. So I said, no, it's very, very important that you, it starts off with having a bank account in her name. And also pushing down that, you know, that you have to plan because when you plan, you plan for the family, you know, it's not just for, um, you know, and it's usually long term. Okay. So, uh, so that's also something that comes with it. So it's, it's not easy, but also uh, Max, I must tell you here that we include the men in this because when they feel, when they feel that they are involved and they, uh, you know, that not consulted, but that they are part of this whole program, because it is, it is important for the men to also be part of this. It's yep. not, it, it's not possible uh, for the woman alone to, you know, go the long way. So uh, we also have uh, these programs with the men involving them and uh, telling them that it just takes, 
yeah. two of them together to make it successful. Well, well done. Um, as I said earlier, we first met on a Global Women Fresh broadcast about uh, uh, looking to eradicate uh, domestic violence by, by getting more and more um, women involved in fresh produce. Do, do you think in, in your... In your in your area in your network that you've, you've managed to nullify uh, to, to 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 stop as much as possible domestic violence because of the empowerment that you've given to to the women that are involved with your business um max again that is a process right sure. so this the, these it's like it's not one-off workshop or it's not a one-off yeah. a program i have this is a whole cultural change that has to take place and I think the best thing that you can do is lead by example and also make, you know, make the environment such that they feel confident enough to practice what they are learning back home. So uh, it's, it's going to take time. It's, it's, it's a mental conversion. You know, physical yeah. conversions are easier, yeah. but this is something that's a whole cultural change. So yeah. this will take time. But I, it really makes me happy when uh, during a season when I see uh, halls full of pack halls full of women working up to even like, you know, late evening. Wow. And uh, yeah, we of course ensure that they get home safe and all that. But the fact that she's able to be there and work long hours at that time, it just shows that it is a sense of empowerment, right? Yeah. Um, and just to be able to step out and uh, do her own thing. And uh, so I think the change is happening. I'm really positive, but it's not something like, again, a magic wand that, you know, you just have yeah. a one-off workshop. We're working on it every day, uh, consciously and subconsciously, but this is something that will take time. How can we, uh, uh, Women of Food and Farming and our Beansort Network, how can we help Nina Patel? How can we help Fresh Express India? How can we spread your message? Uh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me and even doing this program itself has been amazing. Um, I think it's, uh, I, I'd, I'd really, uh, you know, appreciate help in people knowing about this story. Uh, this, that it's, you know, the certifications like um, Jerry just said, like Global Gap or Fair Trade or SEDEX. Uh, these are not these social, social or technical certifications is not something to be just framed. These are things to be lived. And um, there is a cost. I'm, I'm not saying it's more expensive, it's equivalent, but there is a cost. And if supermarkets realize that, if they give us a chance, retailers, are uh, we looking, we are very keen, I mean, besides awareness of, uh, you know, our range of product produce, like our table grapes, which are naturally farmed table grapes, sun-dried raisins, and a range of nutraceutical herbs, superfoods. Uh, besides these, as also we are looking at uh, partnering with, um, you know, with companies or investors in the UK. We would love to be in the UK market with all these amazing products. So we are looking at um, definitely, so, you know, the uh, the world's the... The world's you know, the oyster, you're well... Yeah, absolutely. So... But definitely UK is on the radar. Um, thanks to amazing people like Max and Christine. Uh, I'm really confident that we can be there because I think this can only do good. You, you know, it's, it's something which is good for people, for customers, it's good for the company and it's good for Mother Earth. So, so what can go wrong? So, so you'd love to be introduced to some key key UK retailers for them to engage with you and, and when they can do, for, for, the, for them to, uh, come out and visit you and uh, and and see see the uniqueness of uh, of, of your business and your, and your products shall yes, we do that thank you yes thank you max <laughs> for putting it so succinctly and so well and not going all over the place like me but yes thank no, you no don't, don't be ridiculous so, so just that's a housing core as i said earlier i've done a number of broadcasts with, with nina and she's completely unique as is her business so if you are in the uk retail sector um, or in the European retail sector, you want to see a, a great business with a, with a difference, as well as Nina's other products, have a look at uh, Fresh Express India um, online and en engage with Nina. And Nina's on, on LinkedIn like, like we all are as well. So, so Nina, let's get Christine uh, back, back in. If She's um, ho hopefully got her gin and tonic or her, her, her wine from... from uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I, Christine, the reason Christine, I'm what do you think? 
I, I, I think I think it's a lovely story, and I also think you know Nina, the, the big buzzword everything everything in the UK is about sustainability. And, you know, you start to think flying grapes from India, you know, do you have shortage of water? Is this a, is this a responsible thing to do? And I think that's the message, what, whatever the story is. I mean, if you're not using ag chemicals, you're not using fertilizer, it'll be lower carbon footprint than others. And it's getting that story right that's going to really hook people in. And, um, uh, you know, is there anything you can say to that now that how, how you would, what, how would you respond to a sustainability question? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the whole idea is of natural farming, as I started off with, is to make farming economically viable for the small farmer. And yeah. that is what is sustainable and regenerative farming is all about. So when you talk about biologicals, when you're talking about the first thing is that, you know, again, I'm not even saying organic because organic farming involves putting a you know, buying organic fertilizers, organic pesticides, and introducing it to the soil. Natural farming is where the mature, where the manuring and composting happens naturally at the roots. So it is absolutely based on sustainable farming. And, uh, you know, where we, we're talking about everything, we're talking about the soil, we're talking about water, we're talking about even, uh, you know, uh, less chemicals. So where we can use, we can, we the, the whole idea and telling you that we started off with a drought prone area. So it is region, you have to work towards preserving the, you know, the nature and environment. And uh, this definitely, I think, makes a difference. And what's great that it also leads to a great uh, product, you know, a better tasting product. Tasting. And yeah. Uh, yeah, with great shelf life. So um, it's absolutely a no brainer to go for it. And yeah. we're very... Yeah. We, have, we haven't started talking about, and I'm sure we will in the UK, about how nutritious individual yeah. foods are. Because food that's grown, you might say it tastes better, but I bet you it's more nutritious as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when it's not injected with all the chemicals, so it, it, it absolutely tastes better. That's what when I said that, you know, when we, that's why we're not just talking about size, because when size, you have the growth regulators the artificial growth regulators, you don't want that. You don't want an insipid fruit. You want something which is an average size, but sweet and healthy for you. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what's important. So it's very important that there's consumer education also about what to look out for, you know, when you're buying, when you're choosing your produce. So mm -hmm. that's what we try to do. And when you talked about carbon footprint is that we are very, very conscious about uh, you know, uh, resources like water and uh, soil. And these are things that we have to, it, there, it's, that's the only way to go. I wouldn't say that, wow. you know, this is something that's good to do. No, this is the only way. This is what you have to do. You don't have much yeah. of a choice. So that's what's important. Yeah. Wow. We're doing slightly running out of, uh, out of time. Nina, you've been fantastic. As I said before, just that house in call, look up for Nina and all the team on, online with Fresh Express uh, India. Just Google Fresh Express India. Uh, Christine, anything that you'd like to say to the group, to Facebook, to LinkedIn, um, on behalf of Women in Food and Farming before we wrap up, please? Oh, just to say that Nina is just another example of outstanding perspective and just interesting, interesting thoughts to hear. We've got all of the past programmes that we've had on the website. We've got um, as exciting speakers coming up through to the end of the year. Um, just sort of just pop in and have a have a listen. It's it's all very inspiring. And yes, they're all women speakers, but uh, we're very happy for men to watch what we've got to say as well. Uh, hence, we've got Jerry from Mozambique dialing in. Um, so, so, guys, we're, we're just going to now move into the breakout rooms. I'm going to just, just stop um, uh, Facebook and uh, and LinkedIn. Thank you, everyone who's been watching uh, online. Uh, we'll hopefully catch you on uh, on the next one. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Nina. Thank you so much, Nina.